Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with it's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks to all the subscribers who are checking in every single week. The uh, multiple interviews we release, uh, one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you could leave a rating, give a review, any of that stuff, it's always a huge help. If you're not a subscriber, please do hit that subscribe button right now. You know the drill. If you listen to podcasts, it's what everybody begs you to do. Keep up with the series. It is a good way to keep up with your favorite artists, what they're up to, what they've done in the past, what they're doing in the future, how they made the songs, all that fun stuff. Just type in Kyle Meredith with wherever you get your podcast from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Sandy Alex G. I'll be talking with Alex about his new record called House of Sugar. It is being called one of the year's best records and for uh, good reasons, too. We'll get into the ins and outs of how we made it, uh, the music. There, you know, there's a lot going on in this record, but it never feels too busy. So Alex takes me through the process of how he works on these songs, his penchant for hooks within them, and the, uh, the weird instrumentals. He calls them weird. So I'm really taking his words there. There's some of my favorite moments on the record. But we'll also get into the ones with lyrics. How important does a story within the song 
songs become for him. He kind of shies away from ever giving the meaning behind songs, but we'll get into the importance of what they mean to him, connecting with the listener. And we'll also pull the telescope back for the broad picture. The album is called A House of Sugar. It plays a dual purpose, and I kind of connect the dots to a bigger picture in the political and sociopolitical nature of the country right now. Speaking of politics, there was a really weird moment in Alex's life this year. Maybe you remember seeing a meme go around of Beto O'Rourke where they were saying that he had urinated on himself. It turns out that was not urination. It was beer, and it was not Beto O'Rourke. It was Alex. I got to ask him what that experience was like. We're going to get into that as well and so much more beyond that. Talking about this fantastic record called House of Sugar, it's Kyle Meredith with Sandy Alex G. How are you? I want to congratulate you on the House of Sugar. All of the uh, the credit and accolades that you're getting for this are completely deserved. It's a hell of a great record, man. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. I noticed you were on tour with uh, with Tomberlin too, right? Yeah, we are touring with her in May, and we're taking her on tour again. I guess we're leaving in a few days. I, I've not met her yet, but she's also based here in Louisville, and uh, and we've kind of fallen in love with her music, too, so it was cool to see that uh, that connection's been happening all year. Yeah, right, right. She's from Louisville. Yeah. Or she's living there. So getting into the, uh, the House of Sugar record, it was interesting because, you know, the first thing I read about this came from the press release, and, and it put two words together which I couldn't help but kind of single out, the words meticulous and cohesive, which doesn't always work for a lot of people, but it was a perfect way to talk about how this record unfolds. With seemingly so much going on, how do you know when to stop the layers and to take away? Because there's never a point on this record where I think, there's too much. It all sounds like it works so well. I'm glad you think that. You know, there's no real method to it. I think most of the songs start off like, I mean, the process is, you know, have a structure, a chord structure, roughly in a melody, roughly, and then I just keep adding and adding and adding. And then over the course of months or however long I was working on it, I'd revisit all the songs and you take stuff away, add a little more, take a little more away. You know, it's just kind of like, it's like whittling or something. And in every riff, I mean, there's a lot of melody packed into every single, you know, riff on on this record. Is that important for you to, for every everything to be kind of catchy on its own terms? Yeah, definitely. I I mean, the uh, decision-making process when I'm making this stuff is just, I'm just going off of my gut mostly, so I'll be listening to the song on the headphones or whatever and sitting with my guitar or the keyboard and just playing over and over and over. And then when I strike something that that resonates with me, that's when I'll, I'll be like, oh, okay, let me get this down and then I'll do it again. And then I'll strike something else that resonates and record that, you know, and so... It's just a long, or I mean, it's not always a long process, but that's the process. And then eventually I'll take stuff away and keep some of the stuff. But I guess the reason it's it's all little hooks is just because the, that's the only uh, thing that resonates with me when I'm making it, you know. You're not afraid of hooks anyway. You don't run away. Some artists might, you know. It's not for everybody. Right, yeah. I guess I love, I, I indulge myself with that. <laughs> with the hooks, I guess. And I will say, you know, speaking on the music too, the instrumentals, they almost, did, well, I guess they, they demand as much of the spotlight as, as even the ones with lyrics. Do you know when a song is just going to be an instrumental? Do you ever plan it that way or does it just kind of end up like that? You know, for, I mean, most of them, I know it's going to have lyrics, you know, because there's those, a lot of songs on there sound pretty traditional, you know, but then there's the few, there's a song like Sugar on there and the song Project 2. And I think those are the only two that are, those are probably the weirdest on there. But I think those two, like Sugar ended up having some 
sketchy vocals and Project 2 didn't. But with those two, I think it was up in the air whether they'd have vocals or not for a little bit. I think, like, I know when a song's going to be weird, but as far as vocals or not, I'm like, it's not, like, priority, you know? Like, make that decision isn't priority when it's a weirder song like that. You know, for for a lot of albums, those would kind of be just bridges between songs. And I find that when I have the album playing, and even if it's in the background, when those moments come on is the moments I kind of turn around and stop and go, that was cool. <laughs> that was a really cool moment. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know, I think that's how they end up on there, just in the creative process, too. You know, it's like I, I'm always trying to, like, reignite the excitement or something in myself when I'm making it. So I'll make a guitar song and I'll make a piano song and I'm like, okay, now I need to make something that'll throw a wrench and all that just so I get excited about it again, you know, something like that. A lot of times, too, we're just messing around, you know, that's that's how music is made. You just kind of fiddle around, as even as you're talking about, to a point, you know, how it happens. But was there anything new that you wanted to do with the music this time around, like specifically? No, not specifically. Like, I, pretty much all the records I make, I'm just trying to... I mean, not, I, I say this, like, I'm trying to please myself every time, but, you know, obviously I'm not making it in a vacuum or anything, but it's just the way that I know how to do it is uh, making music that I'm enjoying and that, and then I can trust that at least someone else will enjoy it if I'm enjoying it, you know what I mean? But but I'm just trying to make just trying to make a record that people can listen to over and over. That's pretty much always my goal. Well, yeah, and I hear you kind of, you know, a lot of interviews when you're asked about lyrics uh, about songs, you, you kind of say, you know, you don't like to get into exactly what you meant by it, which I, I completely get that. But how important does the story within the songs become? Like, how important is it for you for a listener to connect to a story? Or or does what you're doing vocally, you know, just become another instrument? That's a good question. I guess, like, I... I... I do spend a lot of time on the lyrics, you know, but not that I need for other people to spend a lot of time with my lyrics, but I do. I spend a lot of time with the lyrics in the way that I spend a lot of time with the, all the melodies and stuff, too. It's just I want to make sure every part that you're hearing is as good as it can be or as good as I can make it. So I want the lyrics to be opaque enough that, you know, someone can project onto them what they want but they're also specific enough that i can write them and it's moving me as i'm making the music you know or it's moving me as i'm writing it just for the same reason that i make the that i throw the weird songs on there like it's all i guess i'm trying to keep myself interested in some subconscious way you know so i have to make lyrics that mess with my own head in order to keep being like excited about the whole process. I don't want to draw too much of a hard line right here, but would it be fair to to throw a little comparison? Like it kind of reminds me of what Michael Stipe was doing with like eighties REM. You know, it was there was that there was mm. a murky kind of thing. Like I'm not always completely sure what he's saying, but I know it means something. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm not that familiar, but I know like their hits, and I and I know. And I think I know what you mean by that. Yeah, like he always has some crazy imagery that is probably specific to him that you're not really supposed to know what he's talking about, I guess, as a listener. Yeah, like I think I'm pretty much in the same boat, except I try to make, I try to use a little bit more universal imagery just so that people, I want to make it somewhat of like a Rorschach test or something, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I might be trying too hard on this one right here, but, you know, when I, and, and this is my view of the Rorschach, as you're saying, 
when I even when I look at the title, you know, House of Sugar, and I read about how it sort of has this dual purpose of a of a casino and also the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale, and my first thought was. America, you know this. This is <laughs> this is sort of a broad scope yeah. of what's going on right now. I, I don't know if that if it means the same thing to you like that. I think that makes perfect sense to me. And like, yeah, I mean, I to give myself away a little bit. I I did think about it, not specifically, or maybe not as broad as America, but I, or maybe this is even broader than America. But what I was I was trying to capture like characters that were indulging and indulging and you know the cause of their own demise or something you know what i mean in some way but like also there's a ton of lyrics on there that just don't relate to that at all you know but i guess you know 50 percent of the time or 70 percent of the time that's what i was going for we even get it i mean you know i I, i'm pulling it out of context but you know when you we look at the first single with with gretel and you've got that line good people gotta fight to exist and that seems like the battle cry for a big chunk of people in the country right now Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess my goal, too, is to make things like I don't want to say tongue in cheek, but I, I would like it if you wanted to hear it as tongue in cheek, you could. You know what I mean? Because I guess like the I'd like the narrator to always be fallible in the song, too. You know, so I wouldn't want someone to hear that and think I'm saying like I'm a good person. Like, you know, I, I'd like the words good and bad in lyrics because they're so manipulative and they're so subjective you know what i mean like manipulative to say that you're a good person it's manipulative to say you're a bad person too you know it's it's like things that people use you've got the song you've got bad man it's it's in the title right there is the uh is the accent that you're doing part of the tongue-in-cheek that you're getting at no you know well a little bit i guess because i actually that song went through a couple different versions the first version i like when i wrote it it was just on acoustic guitar and I was singing it normally. Then I played it on piano, sang it normally. And, but, like, every time it was too much of, like, it sounded like such uh, overly earnest and uh, not enough depth, you know what I mean? So I guess making it kind of, like, playful in the way it is, I thought it gave it some more depth. Just, you know, there's more to unpack, I guess, if you if you add a little joke or something like that. Yeah. Oh, it's a fun layer. I mean, it, the first time you hear it, you know, it is kind of like that. What? What is going on right now? It's... Yeah. It's fun to listen right. to. Backing up just a little bit, I don't want to get away from the music here, but you know, we, we were talking about America for a second. I just had to ask for a second. You yeah. you kind of uh, unintentionally got pulled into the political race for like a half a second with a with a photo that got. <laughs> yeah, right. It was Beto O'Rourke. What was that like in your world? Because that had to be like what a weird moment in life that had to be. I guess. I mean, it was the hardest I laughed in a long time. I was like flabbergasted. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, I mean that was about it. I got it got more hype than the the record did, so that was cool. <laughs> Any press is good press, right? Yeah, right. I was just like, because I made it like a my friend from high school sent me a picture of it, so I like made I was just like dying laughing, and I put, made a post. I usually don't post on social media shit, but I was like, fuck it, this is too funny, and I made a post, and it got like a zillion likes like so quick as opposed to the album which was like you know not that many likes or everyone got likes everything gets right, likes you right. know what I'm talking about but like the, the, that picture just like exploded it was really funny <laughs> what a weird little moment alright we'll get yeah. back, back to the record because the record closes out with this big epic song that, that I've fallen in, in love with which is sort of works as the title track I guess with the Sugar House but it's also a live cut on oh, a yeah. studio record it's it's kind of it's kind of your Purple Rain moments <laughs> 
I was uh, listening to a lot of this album Harvest Moon by Neil Young, mm-hmm. and he's got a couple, at least one live song on that record that, like, where you hear the crowd and stuff. It sounds like it's at a venue, and I just liked the sound of that record a lot, and uh, something about what that live track does to the. Uh, there's something about the mood of like having a live song in there. It's like kind of like haphazard and not as uh i've been trying to describe this because people always ask like why'd you put a live song in there and i'm like i still have yet to describe it to describe what i'm going for accurately you know what i mean but there is like a feeling that i that i got from the neil young harvest moon record when he'd go into the live song and and i was trying to capture that and i can't really describe it but yeah, that's what I was going for. No, I understand because you know, and as I trace it back to to Purple Rain too, because you know that's kind of how that record ended, and it does remind me that, and the audience was a part of that in an interesting way. Although I will, I, I kind of laugh to myself because when you hear the audience at the end, you can kind of tell that it was a new song for them, and I think that's one of the funniest moments of this. Like it's not this huge roar that you would expect yeah. at the end of a live song. It's like, oh, and there's the new song. <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is I'm not giving you a comparison here because that would be weird, but uh, there there was a moment when someone asked uh Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin what was it like the first time they played Stairway to Heaven and he said, I don't know, people looked bored in the crowd because they didn't know the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. New song it's rough playing new songs before they come out. People just like don't care. Yet now here it is closing up you know, and I'll say it one of the year's best records. So it's a kind of fun how that all worked out. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Alex, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I really do love House of Sugar, and I, I look forward to catching one of these shows too. Hopefully, with uh, with uh, one of those with Tomberlin. Oh, great! Yeah, hope to see you there. All right, man. It was a pleasure. Take care. Take care. All right, bye. All right. Huge thanks to Alex right there. That was a really fun conversation. Sandy Alex G. The brand new record is called House of Sugar, and it's available now. Thanks to you for checking out the series, making it all the way to the end of the interview. Uh, If you could give the series now a rating, leave a review while you're here. That would be a huge help if you're not a subscriber iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Acast, Podchaser. You can subscribe in any of those places or anywhere else you get your podcast from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with and hit subscribe. After that, head to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and debuts anniversary spins, music news, and even more interviews. That's wfpk.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.